This morning's not going to be a Christmas sermon or story. It's going to deal with God's plan. And uh, I, I will just say that um, I, can work, I, I was trying to work it in and I didn't quite have time. Um, but we can reflect upon the wonderful plan that God did execute when, um, when baby Jesus was born and the faithfulness that Mary and Joseph had in what must have been a very awkward circumstances um, socially, you know, being pregnant, uh, not being fully married or haven't gotten together. So I would just, uh, even just an introduction, just say that that is a wonderful plan and uh, the way that uh, God came into the world. Um, my message is about God's plan for each one of our lives. Um, and I might use the word uh, or the phrase God's will occasionally. And I, I mean, if I, if I say that, I mean that in context, um, I mean the course that our lives will take. Um, the, what, what, what does it look like? Um, God's desire for each one of us is that we um, are saved um, by Jesus, that our sins are forgiven, that we're not, no longer rebels, but that we're on his side. And, and that's his desire. Um, but when I say God's will, I mean God's plan for our lives. Um, I wrote down three questions to try to frame this sermon. Um, number one, uh, are you anxious about the future? Number two, do we think that we must somehow find God's will or grasp it as if to, to foreknow it? Does that cause you worry? Um, is that the right thing to even do? Uh, and number three, are we following our plans, our own plans, and then declaring them to be God's? Are we pushing through and maybe we should be listening? Um, those are th- uh, three things that I'd, um, some things that I had thought of. Some of this was I thought of when I was listening to your testimony, Toby, and I reflected on how much my own life seemed to be very similar to yours. And um, I remember being in high school and being very anxious about what the future held for me, you know. And I, I looking back, um, the anxiety didn't help me. I think that if I'd have known or had been aware of the, some of these scriptures and the good examples in the Bible, I think it may be that I would have, um, that I wouldn't have been so... Not untrusting, but I would have had some, some assurance or some, some security in that regard. The key verse that I'd like to use um, is Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, and turn away from evil. I picked out uh, two, uh, I'll, I'll call them examples. One of them is, a, is, is from the Bible. Uh, it's the story of David and the building of the temple. The other are, are just some um, biographical, autobiographical testimonials in my own life where, looking back, I could see God at work. And uh, so I'd like to share them with you. Uh, example number one, David and the temple. Uh, let's turn to Second uh, Samuel. Chapter 7, verses 1 through 22. Second uh, uh, Samuel, chapter 7, and we'll start at verse 1. While you're turning there, I'll kind of set the stage. Things are going great. Um, David, is king, David is king, and he's not under any oppression. He's, he's, his, his enemies are not threatening him. He gets this idea that, he, that he's going to build 
God's temple for the Ark of the Covenant. 2 Samuel uh, chapter 7, verses uh, 1 through 22. I'll start at verse 1. Now it came about when the king lived in his house, the Lord had given him rest on every side from all his enemies, that the king said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells within tent curtains. Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that is in your mind, for the Lord is with you. So this is great, okay? He's got a good idea. Um, it's a, it's, it's, his prophet is blessing him. Everything seems fine. He, God ha, uh, David has... Um, I can't judge his, uh, circumstance, his motivations, but it, 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 seems, it seems good to me. He looks at his own circumstances, and he thinks in his earthly perspective that he's got it better than, than God does as far as the dwelling place. But, verse 4, in the same night the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord, Are you the one who should build me a house to dwell in? For I have not dwelled in a house since the day I brought up the sons of Israel from Egypt, even to this day. But I have been moving about in a tent, even in a tabernacle. Wherever I have gone with all the sons of Israel, did I speak a word with one of the tribes of Israel, which I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? God never asked for a, for a, a temple, um, a permanent dwelling place. Um, and while David's heart was in the right place... Um, I don't know whether he didn't ask. Maybe I'm not sure whether he um, whether he didn't ask God or if it was just his own idea or whether, however it however it came about that David had this idea. God's informing him that's not his plan. I'm going to read uh, from from First Chronicles and it, uh, evaluate or uh, expound on this just a little bit. You don't have to turn there if you don't want to. It's First Chronicles 28 uh, verses two through seven. Uh, and King David is addressing uh, his people, and I think this is close to, uh, he's announcing Solomon's going to build the temple. King David arose to his feet and said, Listen to me, my brethren and my people. I had intended to build a permanent home for the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and for the footstool of our God. So I had made preparations to build it. But God said to me, You shall not build a house for my name, because you are a man of war and have shed blood. He said to me, Your son Solomon is the one who shall build my house and my courts, for I have chosen him to be a son to me, and I will be a father to him. I will establish his kingdom forever if he resolutely performs my commandments and my ordinances as it is done now. God had his reasons for not allowing David to build the temple. So, what was David's response? Um, well, let me before I get to that, I want to I want to make a point that God didn't let David hang out to dry, as it were. He didn't just cut him off and say that was a stupid idea, David. Um, that was that's not what I had in mind. Um, he gave he gave a he gave a promise to David concerning his lineage, his kingly descendants. Um, and I'll continue back. We're now back into Second Samuel um, chapter seven, verse eight. Now, therefore, thus, this is, this is God talking to Nathan, who's going to t- say this to David. Now, therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, 
from following sheep, to be ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make your name, you a great name, like the names of the great men who are on the earth. I will also appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, that they may live in their own place and not be disturbed again. Nor will the wicked afflict them in any afflict them any more as formerly, even from the day I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord also declares that that the Lord will make a house for you. When your days are complete and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your descendant after you, who will come forth from you, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be a father to him, and he will be a son to me. When he commits iniquity, I will correct him with the rod of men and the strokes of the sons of men. But my loving kindness shall not depart from him, as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. Your house and your kingdom shall endure before me forever. Your throne shall be established forever. In accordance with all these words and all this vision, so Nathan spoke to David. So this is this is a wonderful. Um, this is a great way to. Um, it was a, it was a very uh, kind thing and a blessing of God to to tell David to share with this thing to share David this these plans that he had for him. In fact, I. It's possible David, after he heard this, was was thrilled that um, this is just my own idea now that maybe he thought this was once he understood what was going on, it'd be better for him. Uh, to to have his plan turned down if in light of what God said would happen i mean if if he if if he would push through and build the temple on his own um, and not be in god 's plan uh, the blessing would that, that to have his kingly line extended that would be far greater than just to be the one that built the temple even if if it was if it was out of god 's will. Uh, the promise that uh, his kingdom would endure forever. I mean, we're talking about Jesus Christ eventually being king. And uh, we can see that now. Um, David probably couldn't, but, but the, his, this promise is a great promise. Notice, uh, notice verse 15 where it says, uh, uh, he took away his loving kindness from Saul. Remember what Saul did? He pushed through. He did things his own way. In, in more times than once, he ignored the the prophet Samuel's words concerning. Um, I think one of them time it was to uh, uh, to wipe out everything from a certain tribe, and another time it was concerning worship, and he completely disregarded Samuel's words, and he did it his own way. David's the the rest of the verses are David's response to God's rejection of his plan and the promise of the establishment of his kingdom. Verse eighteen. Then David, then David the king went in and sat before the Lord, and he said, "Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house that you have brought me this far? And, and yet this was insignificant in your eyes, O Lord God, for you have spoken also of the house of your servant concerning the distant future." And this is the custom of, of man, O Lord God. Again, what more can David say to you? For you know your servant, O Lord God. 
For the sake of your word and according to your own heart, you have done all this greatness to let your servant know. For this reason, you are great, O Lord God, for there is none like you, and there is no God besides you, according to all that we have heard with our ears. Going th- so David's response is the correct one. He's not all put out. He's not all... He's not thinking of his plan that was thwarted. He goes with God's plan. And he's appreciative of, of God's um, gift of his heritage that's been foretold to him. I also want to point out, um, back when God was speaking to Nathan, did you notice how many times it said, I will? I tried to re- uh, emphasize that when I read it. But, I will, I commanded. I, I have done this, I have done that. God is orchestrating this the whole way. This isn't David uh, under his own steam grasping and trying and clawing and gripping and defeating. This is God paving the way for, for David and for, his, um, and for his ancestors. I think that's something to... Um, I think that's something to keep in mind, that David accepts his role and doesn't try to push through with building the temple, and, um, and he's blessed for that. I want to move on to the next example. This is the example of, I thought of my own life and reflected upon it. Unlike... Um, Unlike Mary and Joseph, who had angels very directly telling them things, and maybe prophets uh, for David, saying, Thus saith the Lord, for us it's a little different. I mean, I don't know of anybody who, personally, who has had angels or prophets talking to them. And so, um, thinking of my own life, for me it's a retrospective look back at what has happened. And to see that God was with me all along, um, I thought of this verse, which is, it's, you'll forgive me if it's taken out of context. I just want to mention it just because of the, 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 uh, the, the, the words and the idea, and not necessarily um, the root meaning. It's in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2, verse 13. It says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. And the only point I say that is to say that there were times in my life, again, I was reminded of your testimony, Toby, and just was agreeing with you the whole way, times when I wasn't even looking out for God's will, for His plan for my life. And yet, He was very gracious. I can see back where He was, um, he was uh, irregardless of anything I would do or not do, whether I was seeking Him or not, He was looking out for me. He had a plan for my life. That's not to encourage us, not to disregard. I don't mean to give that impl- implication. I just want to point out and emphasize this morning that, that we not, need not be anxious about searching out God's will, finding out beforehand so we can sort of push through and make it, sort of make it our own, so to speak. It's kind of how I, has, it's kind of how I have looked at it. Um, I'm going to start with about when I was in high school. I was very anxious where I was going to go to college. I knew I loved airplanes. I wanted to be an aerospace engineer. Okay, KU was the place to go in the Midwest. They have a great program there. 
So, and I was anxious to leave Nebraska for whatever reason. Um, <clears throat> so down here I came. And my first year, I made good grades, but I knew that I was working so hard just to get those grades that my enthusiasm for aerospace engineering was waning. Um, but I'd met lots, I had met lots of good people. I had changed my majors to civil engineering. Um, and so I was faced with a choice. I could go back to the, Univers the University of Nebraska. They have a great civil engineering program. But I stayed here. I stayed here because I, I, liked, I liked KU. I liked the people I'd met. Um, I, I, was just, I just decided to stay. Okay, I, hadn't, I did not, throughout most of this, I have to tell you, I didn't pray a whole lot. Not a nearly as, enough, as much as I should. And, through, and part of that is through a lot of this, I was not at my spiritual, I wasn't proud of my spiritual walk or where I was with the Lord. Um, <clears throat> case in point, uh, point number two, or, or item number two, I was in a, I was in a relationship that I had no business being in, dating a gal that that uh, was causing me to um, compromise my faith, weakened as it was, and was ma and being more weakened by the day. Um, and God mercifully, uh, in spite of my unwillingness to get out of myself, He uh, He led her to break up with me, and I and I uh, at the time I was crushed. Okay, I have to say. But I look back now and I just say hallelujah. I really do. I, it's one of the most kindest gifts God's ever given me. Um, and that's, and, and, and well, anyway. It's, I, I say that mostly because in spite of myself, in spite of my own desires at the time, God knew what he had for me. He, he did what was necessary to get me out of it. Uh, point three uh, was my senior year. Uh, the summer before my senior year at KU, I had this internship all lined up. So it was sweet. I was going to go. My dad had lined it up in California. It was Butler with Butler Manufacturing, a pre-engineered steel building company in, in um, Visalia, California. So I was going to go there. I was going to, you know, it was going to be my, I was going to make some good money. Um, I was, I was stoked. I was ready to go. Um, well, then... The guy, my connection in California, retired or transferred or something. And the new guy, he didn't know my dad, and he didn't know anything. And there was no internship, okay? There was no internship. I had, it was, you know, it was getting close to, I suppose this was midway through the first semester. And I was like, what am I going to do this summer? Uh, as it turned out, there was a research position open. I was able to to uh, work in the structures lab at KU. I was able to stay in Lawrence. I was able to date this gal named Tanya Lauer. We got to know each other. Um, and it also paved the way for my master's degree at KU. It was the, it was the paving the way in for, for furthering my education. Uh, none of which I had in mind when I was ready for the, for the internship in California. So uh, Tanya and I got married, and we were graduated. We were, uh, I was finishing up. We were looking for work. Um, I was looking for work specifically um, to design bridges, big, glamorous bridges, okay, over the Mississippi River, okay? Um, I'm serious, right? 
Tanya, we, we had plans to go down. I was talking to this guy in Louisiana, okay? We were going to go down there. Uh, that one didn't work out. I was also, I, I invited myself, I, I, I made pretenses to get, to get down to visit Tulsa, Oklahoma, to shoe into an interview down there. I was, you know, doing everything I could under my own power. Um, again, thinking I knew what I wanted. Um, and then I got a call at 10.30 in the evening from this Chinese grad student guy that I was working with at KU. He was just a acquaintance. He was in a different field than I was. And um, So late at night, I'm like, hello? And he was like, he goes, John. I was at K- I was, he was looking for work, too. He was almost out. He was applied for, uh, for a job with KDOT, which I had not considered, by the way, <laughs> whatsoever. Um, how unglamorous. Topeka, are you kidding me? Okay, so uh, <laughs> anyway, so he called. He said, well, I, I heard about this rumor about this bridge engineering job. I thought you might be interested. I'd shared that I wanted to design bridge. And I was like, well... They aren't exactly beating down my door for a job. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll apply for it. So uh, I got the job. And so here we are in Topeka, you know, not where I'd planned to be. Um, but the job was pretty good. I kind of liked it. Um, I hooked up with some classmates who got me to, we were looking for a church course, and we looked for a long time. And uh, to make a long story short, we were we uh, ended up being at TBC just long enough to know that they were starting this new church, so we, uh, so we went along with many of you guys to, uh, to Fellowship Bible Church. I'd mentioned uh, last uh, time I taught about uh, the, the, this proposition this guy named Mike Halpin had to, to uh, lead worship in Sunday school. And again, I... I uh, I'll just review briefly, you know, I wanted to be the rock star, the guitar player in the, in the worship band, okay? Um, but, you know, there wasn't room there. So I, I, you know, I thought, well, okay. And, uh, you know, God has used that in a lot of ways for me and um, has grown me a lot in that area of worship. Uh, and I'm going to revisit that just a little bit after I, after I read a few verses here. Um, this whole progression has led us to be where we're at in this church. And uh, again, as Toby had, had mentioned, um, Tony and I talk often about the families that are here and the influence they've had in our parenting in the way we view raising children. Uh, Tanya, our decision for Tanya to, to, stay, to be faithful to stay home with our kids um, we never would have been here if any one of these things had not gone this way. I'm just convinced that we're here, for, for that we are supposed to be here, and I'm happy to be here. Um, it's, it's greatly influenced um, our family, and I'm very appreciative of that, thankful for that. I'd like to read just a, uh, a list of verses here. Uh, and they're they're short. You don't, uh, you can jot down the reference. You don't. I'm not going to take time to between them to turn to them. But just to illustrate some of this progression. In this case, for my own personal life, a retrospective, or kind of after the fact look at how God was working. Um, again, very similar, Toby, to some of the things you'd mentioned. Um, Proverbs 16, verse nine: The mind of man plans his way 
but the Lord directs his steps. Proverbs 20, 24. Man's steps are ordained by the Lord. How then can man understand his way? Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23. I know, O Lord, that a man's way is not in himself, nor is it in man who walks to direct his steps. Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verse 10. This is a little different. Um, For we are his workmanship, created in in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. You know, as far as that verse, uh, my start in leading worship had very small beginnings. It was just a little, it was just a little, yeah, it was just to say yes to a small request to lead worship to a bunch of insignificant little folks, or so I thought at the time. And uh, that uh, little bit of obedience has worked a lot for me. And I would just say that um, if uh, you hear the Holy Spirit saying to you, Stan, Stan, (laughs) do this or that, you know, Watch out, or any of us, I'm just picking on Stan. Watch out, because you don't know, you really don't know where it's going to go. And I, I say that from experience. Um, here's a little warning, we'll end on a little warning note here. James chapter 4, verses 13 through 16. This kind of harkens back to Saul, I think, in, in, in a, of a sense. Uh, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such such and such a city, spend a year there and engage in businesses and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. That part reminds me of Ecclesiastes somewhat. Uh, Verse 15, instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance, all such boasting. Is evil. Psalm 127, verse 1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Um, I pick on Saul because he pushed his own way. He, he, he thought he knew. Um, David could have reacted the same way. David said, could have said, I want to build. He could have said, I want the glory. I've got, I've got, the, I've got the desire. I've got, the, I've got all the right intentions. I want to do it. But uh, he didn't. He did the. He followed the verse that we uh, started out with. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, and turn away from evil. I'd like to end with a. Uh, Sports analogy, if I may, Chris. <laughs> I'll make it a baseball one. I don't know if you guys are baseball fans. Um, Kotzer's not here, so I can't pick on him. But have you ever heard um, of uh, a batter trying to hit the ball? And the term is, uh, hit the ball where it's pitched. What that means is, there are, there are some batters who try to hit a home run every time they get up to the plate. Okay, We're talking Bo Jackson. Uh, and they strike out all the time, all the time. Um, batters, um, there's certain pitches that are easier to hit than others. 
And so uh, if a pitch is high, if a pitch is outside, and you try to hit it out of the park, you're not going to make it. Not, almost 10 times out of 10, you're, you're going to strike out. Um, but there's a term that my coach used, uh, hitting the ball where it's pitched. That means that if the ball's outside, then you, you shorten your stroke. You don't take a full swing. You make contact. You hit it, not out of the park, but maybe you just hit it. Maybe it gets through the map. Maybe your runner scores. Um, it's taking what they give you. And all you're doing as a batter is being faithful. You're not trying to do something that you can't do. And uh, for anybody who thinks that they need to um, look ahead, whether, it's, whether you're in high school thinking about what you're going to study or where you're going to go to school, whether you're not married and you're wondering, where's my wife or my husband going to come from? Where will I meet them? If it's, uh, what career am I going to be following? If it's going to be, um, it, am I going to have kids or not? You know, a lot of that stuff, there's no way for us to know. Um, all we need to do, we don't need to know ahead of time. Uh, you know, I never did find God's plan for my life. It found me. And I was just faithful in enough ways to... Uh, I was faithful in some times, and in other times I wasn't, but God was looking out for me. And I would say and encourage every one of us to um, just seek God, um, be listening and looking for what He has for each one of us, whatever our personal circumstances are, and uh, be faithful. So uh, back to my little questions, I'm going to answer them. Uh, are you anxious about the future? Uh, the answer I've come up with is, God has a plan. We're privileged to be a part of it, have a part in it. Do we think we must somehow find God's will? Is it to grasp it? Uh, the answer is, God's plan will find you. Question, are we presumptuous in following our own will and calling it God's? Pushing through not obeying? The answer is we had better not. And I, I just am encouraged to follow the saints that, in the Bible that have gone before us as our good example. Lord, help us to, uh, to listen to what you have to say to us. Help us to trust in your good will for each one of us. And that as we pray and as we read our Bibles, I pray that, you'd list, that we would listen to your Holy Spirit um, in the little things of everyday life, as well as, the, as well as the big decisions, that we would trust in you, and that we would um, play our part in the plan that you have. In Jesus' name, amen.